0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host, and today's show is going to explore something that we don't often consider to be bad for our health. The subject we're going to conquer today is grouchiness. How many of you out there have experienced this, maybe in the last day, the last week, the last month, the last year? I know I have. And so my fabulous guest today is Sally Marks. And I'm going to say that Sally is just an expert on overcoming grouchiness and how, um, you know, she's going to enlighten us with how this can really have some, uh, detrimental effects on our health and what we can do to reverse the effects of grouchiness so that we can have a fabulous feeling within our mind, body, and spirit and enjoy optimal health and wellness. So, Sally Marks, a welcome to Blissful Living. How are you today? I am wonderful and so glad you didn't say
1: I was an expert on grouchiness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that you know that would not. I mean, I guess that would sound <laughs> kind of funny. But I mean, but it, technically, you probably can be an expert on grouchiness and how to combat it. So it's we can change it and make it a positive spin. But I like I like you know what you bring to us and and what you're going to bring to the listeners today. And oh, listeners, I want to tell you. As always, well, I don't haven't been doing this too much, but what I want to share with you is at this time, if you are in a spot where you can pull up a piece of paper and a pen and sit back and relax and get something nice and lovely to drink on this beautifully fabulous day, then I suggest you do that right now because Sally is going to bestow upon us some wonderful information that I know all of us can utilize at one point. In our time, at one point in time in our life, in our day, in our week, our moments, whatever. So, take this opportunity to grab that paper, that pen, sit back, relax, and um, listen to what Miss Sally has to say. Now, I did want to tell you guys a little bit more about Sally. She is um, a public relations expert and she's the owner of Mark's Public Relations. Um, she is an award winning journalist and she graduated. With honors from Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State University. Woohoo! And she's published many articles in a variety of publications from the popular Phoenix Home and Garden Magazine to the international publication Living Buddhism. Uh, she has also done screenplays. Her screenplays include The Air, Voice, Voices from Hell, and Gay for a Day, and have garnered five awards in local, national, and international competitions. Um Erase Negativity, co-written with Jacqueline Howard, is her first self-improvement book. And so I wanted to give that information to you before we start into our wonderful topic. So, um, you know, Sally, I know that there are a lot of um, self-improvement books out. You know, that that's a big, big topic. And I don't think any of us can ever, uh, you know, have enough of that because there's so many things and so many facets and Kaleidoscopes of how we can improve ourselves that comes from all different angles, but um, I know that your first book with um, that you co-wrote with uh, Jacqueline Howard, Erase Negativity, is got to be a pretty profound thing. How did you come about, um, you know, exploring the actual ideal of erasing negativity?
1: You know, it's interesting because my my friend and co-author Jackie and I would chat, and we both enjoyed reading a lot of self-help books, and we would compare notes. Uh, One time we were talking, and the conversation shifted to people that we knew were in terrible emotional pain and very negative because of it, and we wondered, well, what would it take to help someone like that? someone that was really deeply rooted in negativity. And we brainstormed and decided there needed to be some sort of primer or read this first book that could help them erase their negativity. And actually, it doesn't matter whether or not they have horrible, horrible negativity or not everybody has it, but we thought that if they didn't address erasing negativity in their life, then all their attempts to develop a more optimistic, Outlook would just fall apart, so kind of have to get to the root, not treat the symptoms, but treat the root of the the negativity.
0: I like that because i'm an i practice ayurveda I'm an ayurvedic uh, health practitioner as well as a nurse and um and I'm always telling people that to eliminate the signs and symptoms of things, you really have to get to the root cause, and when you eliminate the root cause, then you don't have to take care of the signs and symptoms, and I know people you know with all the uh economic turmoil and just things that is going on in our world today, you know, negativity seems to have a really strong magnetic pull upon ourselves. And so anything that you can do to eliminate the root cause of that is going to be so profound in someone's life. Now, when you guys were writing this book and getting entrenched in the world of negativity and what was something that you saw was a commonality that people, uh, either neglected to become aware of or just just did not have awareness of it that was, you know, potentially the root cause of their negativity?
1: Well, I think the root cause is negativity is so sneaky. Mm-hmm. It, we don't even, it's like it just sneaks in there and you don't even know it's there that, because it's in the media. It's in almost everything we do. And so, That the first thing that we encourage people to do is to become mindful of their thoughts, their speech, and their actions. And because it's so easy to just drift into that, and I, I know I give the example a lot of times. You're standing in the line at the grocery store, and there's a long line. You know, and people are getting annoyed, and. You don't say something like, oh, what a beautiful day, whether it is or not. You start complaining to your neighbor, and we bond with this in the line. Oh, can you believe how slow this cashier is? Or you get in a gathering, and you start talking, and then before you know it, it becomes talking about negative things about someone else because it's very titillating to gossip. And so we don't even realize how much of our um, our daily lives that negativity can sneak into. And so being aware of it is the first step. And then once you do that, then you can do something about it. But I talk to a lot of people that a lot of times they think they're just fine and they don't realize how not only negative they are, but how, how it's you know changing how they look, how they feel and their health. So right. The bad spiraling effect. But, you know, it's like our, eyebrows are so close to us, but we can't see them. You know, right.
0: so. Or like having something at the tip of your nose, you know, you can't see it, but the whole world can. Right. You know, right. It, that's I always like to use that analogy because it, it always fits for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, with regards to, you know, negativity, and I, I know you guys out there listening is like, well, I thought that we were going to be talking about grouchiness, but we're going to lead into that. So just hold tight because We're we're building this up for you so that you can take as much information um, as possible away that's going to help you combat several different things, but I really do want to touch on negativity first because that is, like I said, it has a strong magnetic pull on all of us. And I could totally relate to the grocery grocery line story um, because I see that all the time or, you know, in the bank or wherever you're at, where there's a line and things are not moving as fast and you might be in a hurry. And it's just so easy to focus on the negative stuff and and not really pull out the positive. And I don't, I always wondered why, but um, that's why I have you here to tell us more about this. So, you know, with regards to negativity and becoming aware what is something else that you discovered in the process of working with Jacqueline um about how people perceive negativity
1: well i think that because it's gotten to be so entrenched in our daily life i think a lot of people don't think think about it much at all they accept it it's just how things are which is not true but but i think that has become the perception just like the news is a is a great example people you know and i i 'm a journalism major, so I mean I had to write this stuff, so <laughs> I know if it bleeds, it leads. but it gives a skewed um perception of the world. the very fact that it 's bad news is what makes it news. If it were good news, it wouldn't be news right and therefore we think that all this horrible stuff is what the world is and when really it's only a part a small part even there's a lot more good I think than bad so I think that the perception that bad or negativity outweighs um, positivity becomes the problem because they think well that's just how it is and then people feel stuck and, and powerless and then I think that spirals back and then this kind of negative depressing thought and powerlessness affects our health, our mental health, our physical health, you know, cause we feel stuck. There's right. nothing we can do about it. That's just, I mean, how many of us have heard at work or someplace that's just how it is.
0: Right. And I, 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 I like what you're saying there because um, you know, the media does not portray very much positivity. If It would be a wonderful thing if it would switch and they just portrayed all positive stuff and, you know, a little bit of the negative stuff. But it is in the world that we live. And, you know, of course, the negative stuff is what sells because people's not people aren't really interested in the positive stuff, which is so twisted to me. But, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, you know, people feel that they they're stuck. Do you think that um, do you think that? With all the stuff that's happening in the media, um, do you think that adds to the factor of people feeling stuck and not being able to even realize uh, their negativity or that they're in a negative type of atmosphere, so to speak, and and it has just become um, the norm?
1: I think that that is a big part of it, but then you have to realize that, oh, I don't know, it's like Sales or anything else. It's one person's view, and of course the media is more than one person, but it's one huge outlet. Um, there are, you have to realize that this is their job. This is their job is to report this, but I don't have to buy into all of it. And I don't tell people they shouldn't pay attention to the news because we do have to know what's going around us, but I think just reminding ourselves that it's just a part of the whole. And you might have to seek out something more positive, whether it's conversations with folks or uplifting stories or a book or you know, a movie. You might have to put put yourself out there a little bit to find it. But once you realize that it's not the proper balance and that there are good things out there that that you can seek out, then I feel people feel a little more optimistic. I know when I was a little girl, well, not that little, junior high, and uh, I and I, I, know I had my issues of trying to fit in, I think, as most people do. Right. And I wound up reading, I went to uh, the library, and I started reading uh, uh, biographies of famous people, in particular people that had really struggled and, you know, moved forward. And that was very encouraging to me, like Edison and Marie Curie and... Um, you know, and so then I became more, I thought, well, you know, they had a pretty crummy life, too. They had a lot of obstacles. And then that made me feel a little more encouraged. But it wasn't in my daily life. I sought it out. And I don't know if a nice librarian encouraged me or how that actually began, but I'm just glad. And to this day, I still like that. And, of course, the book is full of article, you know, stories like that, too, the people that have overcome it. So we have to just work a little harder to to find it, and we've got people like that in our lives. There's usually a friend, a neighbor, someone. They're, they may not be famous, but, you know, they're cheerful or, you know, they've overcome. We all know those people. We just need to pay more attention to it and become one of those people ourselves.
0: I like that. Um, very, very profound um, because it it really is true, and I know all of us can relate to that. Now, this is a big one. Do you think, I mean, I know the answer and I know you know the answer too, but I'm not sure the listeners do, but do you think people are more prone to negativity as they age or do you think it's the other way around? They're more prone to positivity as we age. The
1: research I did was, well, first of all, I do believe it depends on the person, but I've seen actually studies go both ways where that we can become happier when we're older. But I think it really depends on the person's view. Like in particular, especially women, I think that if you define yourself according to uh, things like maybe your beauty or your energy and you get older, uh, then then you're going to, definitely become more negative as you age because those things are going to change and that but if you define yourself more by your your heart values things that are your loving you know acceptance then sometimes that improves with age so it really depends but either way it it becomes a goal for people to use to to go through that and think okay wait a minute I'm not going to let this define me I'm going to pick something else and develop that part because uh, all things are transient. You know, we don't get to take anything with us. Well, that's Uh, money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Okay, so I wish we could take all that stuff with us, but then, you know, what purpose would it be to build it all up for, you know, this lifetime, right? It's just kind of funny. Um, So with regards to negativity and I wanna stay with that just for a little bit more. Um, did do you find and this is this is something different and it's gonna address the genders, but do you find or in your research did you find that men were more negative than women or women are more negative than men?
1: You know, I get this question a lot. And do you know what? There really isn't a significant difference. It's oh. the same. It it's the same. And it's just like people, I think, often think that maybe it might be worse for women because they gossip more. But come to find out, men gossip a lot as much as women.
0: Oh, my gosh. They sure <laughs> Which do. Which is a
1: big, it's, you know, to some people, this is news. Um, and uh, when I tell this to men, they all laugh because I think this is something they would like to keep a secret. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, I, I know, I know for a fact men gossip just as much as women. They may not be, catty with it per se. I'm going to say they might be more of a, a lioness or, you know, doggish with it. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something more masculine than it. You know, cats are, you know, you have the lions that are big cats and stuff and they're very masculine. But um, I had the privilege of working with a, a group of all-male nurses and I was the only female. And the gossip of those guys, with I was just I felt like I was with the girls because they <laughs> much but it's different I mean they're not like so catty with it whereas women we can be catty we can you know be talking about someone but guys I mean they're doing the same thing they're just not I want to say they're not so vindictive with it but they definitely gossip and and there's definitely you know negative stuff they gossip about other guys just like we gossip about other women so it's, it's quite cool but I don't think guys put themselves in the category as being the sex that gossips it's more related to women so um That's really phenomenal to see that both sides are pretty much equal when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, that was actually a little surprising to me when I saw that. But, you know, maybe in a way it's good that we're not as different. We may have different ways of manifesting it, but we're both guilty of it. So no matter what your gender, you can do something to improve it.
0: Now, um, what are some of the most common patterns that people develop with regards to negativity?
1: I always say that, you know, it starts with a thought. You know, we we are a product of our thoughts, our speech, and our actions. And but they're all interrelated. And so the that's why a lot of times I encourage people to pay attention to their thoughts even if it's just for a minute or two because there's this great quote that that i use and that i love by confucius and it says watch your thoughts they become your words watch your words they become your actions watch your actions they become your habits watch your habits they become your character watch your character it becomes your destiny and so you know thousands of years later and that's still the truth it starts with one stinky thought and then be before you know it, a lifetime rolls by and you're a big fat grouch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's so true. So now, with regards to developing or shifting these patterns, is there um, a suggestion or tip that you can offer to the listeners with regards to, you know, shifting the the pattern of um, thinking negatively first instead of positively um,
1: yes, because I think that, unfortunately, the default is negative. And I tell people it's a real shocking thing that the uh, we have some 40,000 to 65,000 thoughts a day. You know, brain's always working, even when we're sleeping. And guess what percentage of those thoughts are negative? Just throw out a number.
0: I'm going to say... 75%.
1: And that's pretty high, but that's not high enough. It's oh. actually 95%. <sighs> 95% of our thoughts are negative. Wow. And we laugh and tell people it's a lot of stinking thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is that even if you changed two, 5%, whatever, you're going to have an impact. But it starts with what we think about. And So the tip, one of the tips I I tell people, there's really three, and I mention them in the first chapter. And I tell people, even if you do nothing else but just these three tips, you will make a huge impact on reducing the negativity and your probability of being a, a grouch. And that's, you know, to be to become aware of your thoughts, and you know, so you recognize that there are some negativity, you know, that has crept in. And then, two, erase and replace. We can't really stop our brain from working. Well, we don't want to, for one thing, but <laughs> uh, but, but what what we need to do is just – and we can't really even just stop negativity, period. What we need to do is a re- I call erase and replace. So you take a negative thought and you replace it with something more positive. And the one I use a lot is – because I think women especially – we all worry about our weight, most of us anyway. Right. And, uh, so, and I too, you know, I had been thin most of my life and then in middle age I gained quite a bit of weight. And I would look and i think, oh, I'm too fat. You know, I need to go on a diet. I need to do this. And it's all this negative self-hatred, you know, not kind thoughts at all. Right. And most of us don't respond very well to that. And so I thought, okay, how can I frame this? in a more positive way. And so then I start saying things like, I love it when I make healthy choices. That's a positive statement. It's not saying I need to do this. It's I love it when I make healthy choices. And, you know, I think it, I think it, I think it, until maybe one day I go to reach for a candy bar and it finally has its impact. I think, you know what, I'm going to reach for an apple instead. So we erase it and replace it, taking it from a from this negative spot whether it's ourselves or other people right. you know, and that's another thing to before you can oh I think all of our mothers that don't you know say any you know what is it don't say something can't say something nice about someone don't say anything yeah else. if you
0: can't say something nice don't say something don't say anything at all yeah I, I heard that a lot <laughs> yeah I think,
1: every, I think all those mothers get together <laughs> in mother school and come up with that and then it annoys you and then you become a mother and you say the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> But, which we all do but but another one is just you know be, before you think or say something negative about someone you have to say something i think three positive things first even if it's something like well they got nice hair or they shine their shoes or whatever it is um so you you take that negative thought in in your brain or out loud however you want to do it you erase it and replace it with something kinder more loving more positive and then the third step, and people do give me a hard time about this, but it really is true. And now they've got all sorts of scientific studies to, to you know, um, you know, that say that it is indeed the truth. And that's to smile, and especially when you don't want to. And because the very act of smiling releases endorphins. right? Even if, like, you've got clenched teeth and you're thinking, you know, but you're still smiling, right. it still works. Our body doesn't know the difference. And plus we look better to the outside world. People respond to us better. And that really has a huge impact. I got a email from a fellow, I think it was in New Zealand, who wrote, read one of my blog postings and uh, said that he did that before he went out shopping, and he couldn't believe the difference. He he thought he was feeling pretty chipper but didn't realize that he went around not smiling, and so he made it a, an effort to do that and how people interacted. So those three tips, being aware of what you're thinking, saying, and doing, um, you know, erase and replace, erase mm-hmm. the negative and replace it with something more positive and smiling. And if people can do that, they're well on the road. To kicking the grouch out of their life.
0: I like that. I, and the, you know, I really like the one about smiling because I do do some things where I, um, you know, I go around and I speak and. Uh, across the nation, and and I have something that I talk about with regards to smiling and how when you smile releases the feel-good chemical serotonin, and I have told people that I've utilized that technique in the stream of, uh, you know, and uh, I want to say intense meeting or uh, business negotiations, and, you know, it really did change the tone of how I was feeling and I was able to stay on track. And it is it's something so subtle, but it has such profound effects on such deep levels that it's really hard to explain to people until they actually try it. And I say fake it until you make it, right? Yes. You know, fake that smile, even if you're not feeling, like you said, clenched teeth and all that, you still get the chemical release of serotonin because your body doesn't know the difference. So I really, really hope that you listeners have um, written down those three key tips that she just gave you because I promise there'll be more as we move into the fabulous subject of negativity and how that leads to grouchiness. Would you say, Sally, that... Um, negativity is a key component or a key ingredient in the big pudding pie of grouchiness. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. If, if you if you look at if everybody every grouch were a pie, I would say that ninety percent was the negativity and it just kept growing and growing. And again, so subtle. It starts out nobody, you know, is born on this planet and there, well there might be some crabby babies but i don't think too many people aspire to be a grouch right but little by little it does happen our things in our lives shape us but it actually not so much the things in our lives that shape us but how we react to those things in our lives shape us and uh, and so some people they the you know they lose a job or they you know many bad things that do happen and they Um, lose hope and they just you know develop a more negative 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 um, outlook on things and before you know it they are grouchy and no fun to be around which just makes it worse because I mean say somebody had the opportunity they've been out of work and they finally get an interview but they have gotten so bitter that it really it's part of their whole persona it's how they hold their body it's what they think it's going to be how they say and then before you know it they they you're not going to go, the people aren't going to pick a person like that and so then it just spirals down so yes negativity and again it's like in there in the world a lot but when you really just invite it in it's like opening the door and saying yeah come on in and let me just set the table and have a feast of negativity, and before you know it, you are a grouch, because nobody was born that way. It, it's something that was hap- that happened and became a
0: pattern. Let me ask you, do you think <clears throat> that the environment that a person is um, predisposes them to grouchiness? For example, um, and I, I know what you're probably going to say, but I just want to put this out for the listeners. For example you're in a family where one parent is seems to be always grouchy or moody or something like that, and, you know, that's what you experience, so you grow up thinking that's just normal behavior. You don't know what it is. You just think that's normal behavior, and then, you know, you actually pick up those subtle subtle tendencies of that behavior and, you know, have basically put on its coat, and now you're wearing it. Do you think the environment – um, that people are in contributes to them, you know, with the negativity and the grouchiness?
1: Absolutely. They, there is absolutely no doubt that someone that's born into a negative environment, stressful environment, uh, is is more likely, as you say, to wear that coat. Right. But, um, but the, you still are in choice, and that's what I encourage people. It became a learned uh, habit. Right. And, it, but doesn't mean it can't change. I mean, there's um, a part in the book, I think the guy's name is Frankel, who was a, a Jewish fellow in the Holocaust, and it, amidst all that horror, he still uh, maintained a more positive attitude and, and was able to survive the Holocaust and uh, and then write a lot of positive books after the fact. So yes, it is a contributing factor, absolutely, but What I don't want people to do is use that as an excuse for their misery because if they want to become happy, think, yeah, you know, I'm short, which is true. I'm like not even (laughs) quite five foot two. I can't do a whole lot about that, but I can have an attitude that makes it work for me.
0: Right. You know, well,
1: I could also wear high heels, but that's just, that's not really me. But so you make it work for you and think, oh, you know what? Like when I was a young girl, I thought I could dance with anybody Right. because the guy, you know, I mean, that's silly because none of those things matter so much anymore. But you make it work. And so you think, okay, I can make these obstacles uh, work for me and use it to be a positive role model. Because really, if you look at some of the most famous people they, that overcame it, that, that in itself was they used their obstacles as opportunities to really grow and help others. So yes, it absolutely has a an effect, but it doesn't mean that you can't do anything about it. But conversely, there are still people that were born into happier environments, and for one reason or another, you know, maybe they get involved in drugs or something like that, right. still manage to screw up their lives. So having a a, a happy environment isn't always um, insurance that you 're not going to develop bad habits either, so I tell people yes i 'm sorry, I recognize that you do have these things, but are you going to just let it define you the rest of your life or are you right. going to do something about it that that 's the key because that kind of helpless hopeless
0: Perception is just gonna keep you stuck right. do you think that um you know i'm I'm gonna just bring throw this out there because I know there might be a lot of people listening that may be having hormonal shifts, so to speak, no matter what age you are you your homer, your hormones you know mm-hmm. tend to wax and wane and fluctuate and as you get closer to that you know bewitching time of your life. Um, Your Mm -hmm. hormones really get out of whack. Do you think that's a contributing factor uh, to grouchiness as well?
1: Oh, yeah. And my ex-husband will tell you this. (laughs) I was a product of that myself. Raging hormones, he'd mark on the calendar and try to take a trip out of town uh, (laughs) during that time. Kudos because at least he was able to pinpoint it, you know. Yeah yeah but oh, okay, that's coming and and it is unfortunately something you know women, and I think they say even men have a cycle too, but there are things that you can do, and you know, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm not telling people you know go to their physician, get a prescription or whatever I mean, some people I think that might be the case, but there's little things that we can do to help shift some of that those hormones, you know, watch a funny movie um laugh, uh, uh, the, there, these are things that you can do, little things that you can do, but a lot of little things can make a big difference. Like, oh, just as an example, I I had a birthday recently, and a friend of mine gave me this funny little toy, and you press it, and then here, I'm going to do that, and listen to this. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: I think i was
1: It's a little laughing thing. And how can you listen to that and not laugh? Right. And so I I had my grandkids were doing it. They were laughing. And then my youngest uh, granddaughter was just, she has this funny laugh. And you just can't listen to it and not really laugh. And so we have to maybe do some artificial things to pump up that negativity that's come from the surge of hormones. But... um, but it, it doesn't mean that we, you know, we have to be enslaved by them. We just have to work a little harder and, uh, and laughing. And, you know, whether you buy one of these little toys or you watch a movie or, uh, you know, you just start laughing, uh, they are all things that can help. And That's- and then, again, like you said, you're, you're a nurse. There's probably many other things one can do, but, you know, the book Jackie and I wrote, we, we focus more on, Simple little tips that anybody can do. And then if people can do other things, that's great. But, yeah, it's it's definitely something we were cursed with. The hormones are good and bad. They are. I had a lot more energy when I had them going. But, boy, was I. <laughs> I my husband and my ex-husband and my children wanted to
0: leave the room when I. Oh, that is too funny. You know, I'm going to, at this point in time, tell everyone, if you have not. Seen or experienced those one of those little laugh things that laugh toys that Sally just um, gave us a little sample demonstration of hearing. I would suggest you go out and get one because it's so funny that that little stupid toy that all it does is laugh can change your day dramatically. Um, You know, just sitting there listening to it. After a while, you can't help but get that giddy feeling to want to laugh. And um if you utilize it when you're feeling your most grouchy, which is going to be the most difficult time for you to utilize it, it will change you around like that. So if you don't take anything else away from our show today, go get one of those little laugh toys. And I'm not really sure where you can find them, but go get one and carry it in your car. So you don't have road rage and you don't get pissed off at people, you know, carry it in your purse, carry it, you know, put it in your office, wherever, but it will definitely make a difference in your day and in your mood. Laughter is so contagious and it's, so healing and it's so yummy for us so if you don't get anything else out of today's show go find somebody and just look at something or talk about something that's going to make you laugh and it guarantees i guarantee you will squash your grouchiness and okay let me get off my soapbox with that now (laughs) with regards to um grouchiness i like to stay on that because that's you know that's a profound thing for people um how do how would you – what would you give someone – what suggestion would you give someone that's working in a, an environment – and I'm going to shift it from like personal to work mode or professional mode – that is that has a really, really grouchy boss or really, really grouchy coworkers – are there some some tips or some suggestions that you can give people to utilize when they're confronted with people like this in their work environment?
1: You know, and that is the, the tough thing because often when I tell people to avoid contact with negative people, but if they're in your work environment, then that becomes very difficult. And I think probably one of the things I would suggest is don't get sucked into their negativity, like say gossip, you know, or they're, they, you know, it not even gossip, but just somebody says something negative, like the boss or whatever. And don't chime back in and say, yeah, you're right. What a melander that person is. Or, oh, she's so lazy. Just if the boss has to say it, you know, they can say it, but don't, don't make it worse. But, and, but then when people are crabby, to you, maybe they say something snarky, I try and this is something that takes a while it's not like you're just going to instantly be able to deflect these things it takes a little bit of of work but realize that most people's negativity, it's all something inside of them, it almost never has anything to do with you, even if you make a mistake and they point it out and they go in a tirade, it's about them they have some issue that's making them Uh, really carry it to a bigger extreme than is necessary and once you can get to the point where you don't take it as personally then it becomes easier but I also tell people something that I do and I mention this in the book uh, I actually imagine myself surrounded by like a, a white bubble and when people say things that you know negative And I just, in my mind, I think bounce and protect it and bounce. It's just bounce them back out because if you don't react to it, they're going to give up. And maybe not forever, but at least for a while. People kind of crave that feeding frenzy of that their negativity can make you more negative and, you know, becomes a free-for-all. Right. And, And if you don't engage, they're going to actually lose at least some of their interest or power. And then in some cases, I tell people is, you know, if it's really a bad fit, there are times when I think it's best that they do leave their jobs and do something that's, that's more heartwarming. But also, I think people, if you bring, like everybody thinks, well, who's going to bring this to work or who's going to bring that? It's your job to bring the optimist right. to work. And in time, that does have a positive effect. But, again, this is easier said than done. It takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. Right. But just as most of us, whatever job we may have had, we had some sort of training at some point to, to, to develop the skills that we had to be able to do the job. Um, so the same thing with positivity. And then before you know it, people, you can impact people's lives and the environment with your positivity. But the biggest thing, getting back to your question, is just just don't engage and make it worse.
0: Right. I, um, I want to say, you know, thanks for giving that information because I know that there are a lot of changes going on in workplaces and things of that nature, and, um, you know, people have been under a tremendous amount of stress, and so they tend to exhibit that in a form of not, always being nice or neg- or being negative or having these mood shifts where they're prone to more grouchiness than normal. I want to tap into a little bit about the law of attraction. Do you believe that um, people attract this negativity or grouchiness into their life? Or do you think that it's just something that is just part of life and it's just just the way it is?
1: Oh yes, uh, I really do believe in the law of attraction. And that's not to say that that every time something bad happens that you know somehow you did something. But but yes, I think if you can make a concerted effort to put yourself in positions like say being around more positive people. Say you got grouches at work, but when you're out of work, you can hang out with more positive people. You want to attract the things in your life that you want by hanging out with with that that same mindset. And I believe that energetically we all have, everything has a vibration. The earth has a vibration, plants, human beings. And when you're doing more good, you have a higher vibration. And so that's why I think the law of attraction works. You are vibrating, if you will, energetically on a vibration that is going to be like a magnet, what you want to pull into your life. And so often, you know, we have that that thought of things happen in threes, good things happen in threes, bad things happen in threes, you know, when you're feeling crummy, and how many of us have had this happen, and then before you know it, there's more bad and there's more bad. Right. Uh, but the same thing happens with the good. You know, there'll be... You didn't hear for a job for the longest time, and then boom, you have three interviews. Right. And so, what you want to do is become a magnet for the things that you want to attract. And again, that takes conscious effort of um, um, the of you know taking the necessary steps to do that. Whether it's you know a shift in thought, a shift in attitude, and uh, and then sometimes even a shift in environment or who you hang out with. Right.
0: Or,
1: or even little things like making your um, your office or your home look a little better, putting a little bowl of flowers, whatever it takes.
0: Right. To, to make a little shift because what it doesn't have to be huge. It's the, it's the little shifts, little- right? It's the little shifts that make the, the most subtle differences in our life that we don't even realize.
1: But they build on it. And the same thing with negative. You know, everything that that I've talked about is conversely the other way. It's just like, you know, little by little by little, you can make your life um, better. Right. Or most of us, little by little by little, it became not so good. And so people want this quick fix. But very, very often it doesn't happen that way. So it's just best to to work on little by little by little attracting the things that you want. And you could have a big result, but at the very least you'll have a little result. You will have a result, so you just need to, you know, focus <laughs> that way. But, yes, I do believe in the law of attraction, and if people um, get a chance to look at the book, they they will see many, many personal examples of people that have have done this.
0: So now we've discussed negativity, and we've gone into the grouchiness is there, besides, you know, what we've talked, is there any other tips that you can give? I mean, the the big one, I think, is for people to become aware. And sometimes that's really hard for people uh, because, you know, they've just been, they've been like that for so long. They just think the way, you know, it's like at, being at the tip of their nose, they just can't see it. But is there anything else that, you know, could potentially shift someone from the, the grouchy, the grouchiness to a more positive uh, flow. I guess what I'm saying is, can we tip the scales a little bit so that we're not so heavy on the grouchy side, but just shift it just a little bit so that we're more on the positive side and we're balancing things out? Is there anything that you can recommend other than what you've already said?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a huge, uh, thing, it it was a whole chapter in in the book, is the friends one keeps, because we do have total control over who we decide to let in and out of our life outside of the work environment and family, which we don't always have choice with friends. Seeking someone else, now with Facebook and things, it's so easy to reconnect, and you think, oh, I remember so-and-so was so much fun, and you, you can look that person back up or maybe there is someone. But surround yourself with the type of person you would like to be. If you think, you know, I tend to be a little bit crabby, I know it, but but put yourself in the environment of someone that's more upbeat. So I think the friends we choose, I mean, all parents know this, you know, they don't like it if you hang around with a kid that they don't approve of for whatever reason. But the same thing happens with adults. We if we hang out with someone that maybe doesn't make us feel that good about ourselves or we have an achievement, and maybe they've been our friend for years, and then we'll say, oh, I got this new job, and I'm going to get to be able to do this. You finally have a breakthrough, and they'll say something like, well, la tea You know, it's like these <laughs> subtle put-downs, you know. Right. So you want to put yourself in the company of people that um, share the values you want to have you know about optimism and and I think that is huge if people it can can do that and I know them in the book one chapter where it talks about this one gal whose um mother was uh, the both parents were drug addicts but then her mother was actually murdered oh. by drug drug dealers but she and her brother actually wanted and she took drugs, too. I think she was just a little kid, like eight years old or something. But around the time she was like 14, she decided she was going to do something different and got a little part-time job and sought out people, that um, adults, actually, and got a part-time job working for a very optimistic fellow, and it did help shape our lives. So, yes, the company we keep is huge. And it's kinda of hard to break old patterns. Even I have a friend that's been my friend since oh, I was fourteen. And uh I know I feel loyal to her but mm-hmm. but she can be a a stinker. I mean <laughs> you know, what these little subtle put downs. And now I just think, you know, I can accept it that that's, that that's her own negativity and fear and inferiority, and I still love her for her good qualities. Right. But you know what? I don't see her every day. I, I choose those occasions with caution. And some, people, and some people, I just don't have them in my life anymore. There's no reason to if they really make you feel crummy. So, yes, I, I would say another huge tip is the company that, that you keep. keep.
0: So you guys out there listening, Sally has given us some wonderful, wonderful insight into negativity and grouchiness and even positivity in in making that shift so that you're out of the negativity grouchiness phase and making the subtle shifts in your life that you can, you know, have a more positive outlook on things. And I do believe what she said with regards to the company you keep is always so profound because as my grandmother <laughs> used to say, birds of the weather flock together. And, you know, when she would say that I would be like, what is she talking about? I- don't hang out with Bert. You know, it's just like, you know, (laughs) the people from the South, she was from Houston, Texas, they have these incredible, this incredible way of talking that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you get older and you realize exactly what they're talking about. And so, you know, if you're hanging out with people that aren't, mm, I mean, you know, they don't make you feel good all the time. I mean, not that they have to do that, but, you know, just um, could be, uh, that little gray cloud that is always, you know, like that character in, in Charlie Brown. That Schroeder, no, not Schroeder. That's the pianist, Pigpen. That always had that little cloud around him, you know. And um, if you have people like that in your life, you may just want to spend less time with them if they're impacting how you feel, and um, if they're impacting your positivity or making you feel a little bit more grouchy. Now at work, you can't always choose that, but Sally gave you tips on how to combat that as well. And just know, you guys, you always have a choice is what I'm hearing from Sally. And just if you can be more aware of when you get into that negative state or that grouchiness state, that first step of being aware will awaken and and do so much more for you. Um, It's been fabulous, fabulous talking to Sally. Um, And so Sally, tell the listeners Tell them a little bit more about how they can get this fabulous book that you keep referring to. I so glad you just. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, uh, The book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, the, the website They can also go directly to my website, Erasenegativity.com or I actually have a blog too where I write a, a weekly article at racenegativity.blogspot.com so they can and they can look online on Amazon there I do have it in different bookstores it just depends on what state but probably the easiest thing would be to go to amazon.com and then I also have it as an ebook on smashwords.com uh-huh, uh-huh. and so if, you know um uh, and then just Write in Erase Negativity, but chances are good if they write Erase Negativity, you know, Google search Sally Marks, they're going to see a bunch of options where they can get the book.
0: So now give the title of the book one more time. Yeah,
1: the whole title is Erase Negativity and Embrace the Magic Within.
0: Ooh. Okay, you guys, so Erase Negativity and Embrace. The Magic Within, you need to go pick up this book. You can get it on Amazon.com. You can um, go to EraseNegativity.com. You can go to Sally's website that she mentioned. You can check out her blog if you are having, you know, issues struggling with negativity or grouchiness, because again, I'm going to mention negativity is a huge, or I'm just going to put grouchiness, call it NG, negativity and grouchiness. Um, is that they have a huge, huge magnetic pull upon us. And so it's almost like you're, um, in battle and you are in a battle every day to combat the grouchiness and negativity because the pull of those two are, is so profound. So if you can do anything to combat that, whether laughing, surrounding yourself with warm, funny people, you know, um, becoming aware, all the stuff that Sally mentioned is going to help you not only have less stress in your life, but it's going to have an impact on your physical health and well-being of both your mind and your body. Um, because if you do that one little thing she said about even just smiling or forcing yourself to smile or doing that laughing, that's going to release that feel-good chemical serotonin, and you know that has such a profound beneficial effects on our mind and body that. You know we hope, we need a whole another five shows just to talk about that, and so stay tuned. Who knows that may be coming up in the future. But right now, before I close out the show with the wonderful Sally Marks, um, I want to just say, Sally, do you have any last words of advice or tips or anything that you would say to the list? Want to say to the listening audience while you have their captivated attention?
1: Well, thank you for listening. is one, but the other one is just no matter what state they're. In, there is always hope. And I just want to just reiterate that so much that, you know, and if people want to personally email me or that I think my phone number's on my blog or my website, just no matter how bleak it is, there is always some hope and to just reach out to it.
0: Oh, beautiful. And with that, I would like to take this time to thank you so much, Sally, for being a guest on Blissful Living. I um, love this subject uh, because I've had a lot of experience with it and know how impactful it can be. Um, When you have the right tools to combat negativity and grouchiness, you open up a whole world of rainbows and pots of gold when you do that every single day. And um, so you've given us the tips, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the insight behind it all. And so I'm going to say, everybody fly forth from the nest. And become this positive being, and know that you have the power to change your negativity and to change your grouchiness. And if you don't know how, go pick up Sally's book. <laughs> <laughs> simple as that. Go pick it up. It will. All her information will be on the website. And um, again, Sally, thank you so very much for being a guest on Blissful Living. I would like to. Um, Thank all of you for listening to Blissful Living. I enjoyed sharing today's guest and the topic with you. And I just want you to know that um, may your day from this moment forward be full of positivity, lots of smiles and laughter, and complete health, wellness, happiness, and joy. I am Rochelle Lawson, the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, and I am wishing you peace to your mind wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And until next week, have a fabulous week, and may your life be extremely blissful. Take good care, everyone. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com.